Hey y'all, it's season two of the Walking Well podcast, and I cannot tell you or overemphasize how excited I am to be back. I have missed you guys. It's so amazing to kind of feel (laughs) what it's like to be back in this little lane of purpose in my life and just connecting with you guys. And so I'm excited to be back and um, to be doing this with you guys, to be doing life with you. So it's June no idea how we got to the sixth month of the year because 2018 started yesterday. Um, But nevertheless, here we are. And I'm just trying to reconcile that reality with what I feel on the inside. But it's no big deal. However, um, we're going to use this time strategically, right? So it's the sixth month of the year, and I figured it was just a wonderful way to kick off season two by starting with a mid-year check-in. And so for this month, I want to spend some time just revisiting our goals and really just talking about the goal busters that we come in contact with, the things that'll get us off track and frustrate us as we're pursuing purpose and pursuing God's best and highest for us. So we're starting this week talking about distractions. Dun, dun, dun. And if we're being honest, um, one of the greatest deterrents from our goals from the higher life is distractions. Um, and the enemy sends distractions into our lives to lull us to sleep, to get us to crash our lives, to take us off purpose, to waste time, all in hopes that we never achieve um, God's best and God's plan for our lives. And really, that's the only way that he can do that. The only way he wins is if we defeat ourselves. And so we are going to cut him off at the pass and not let that happen. It's 2018. It's June, but it's not too late to stay on top top of it, to get after it, and to see those things that God has placed on our hearts come to fruition for this year. So let's start with some symptoms of distraction, right? What does that look like? You know what? A lot of times when we are caught up and are distracted, we are really just not our best selves. Um, And sometimes we're not ourselves entirely. Sometimes we're just like this wonky off color version of ourselves. And that can look like shirking responsibilities. That can look like hiding from accountability and wise counsel. It can look like not seeing progress in our lives. It can look like not behaving characteristically. It can look like us not walking in the fruit of the spirit and not being who God is called us or made us to be, right? So um, that's just like a little pulse check. That's a really great litmus test for, you know, all right, am I on course or am I off somewhere in the bleachers not paying attention to what's going on? Um, And so I want to talk about some like three major ways that distraction kind of manifests in our lives, how it shows up. Um, The first one is the time waster. And you know what? The time waster... Um, essentially, it's when we're like piddling around, creating this illusion of activity, but there's not any real progress or fruit or productivity. Um, for instance, my cousin had this thing when he came to live with us. Um, his job was like sweeping in the kitchen after dinner. And he would, <laughs> he would do this thing where he'd like move to a corner of the kitchen, sweep, like sweep, sweep, and then be on his phone and move to another corner of the kitchen and sweep, sweep and, you know, be texting or something. And so you kind of like as everybody's doing their chores after dinner, you get this feeling like, oh, he's here, he's participating. But when you stop and look, you're like, hmm, you didn't really, <laughs> you didn't really do anything. You just, you're creating this illusion of activity, but you're not really, you're not really doing what you said you were going to do. 
And, you know, sometimes this happens in our lives because we may not have um, a serious kind of focus. We might, you know, be like, I'm going to do this vague, broad thing, but we haven't really paused to create a plan um, or have a strategy. And so we don't ever really achieve that goal or that purpose or that intention. Um, and sometimes it happens because we're just not ready to really, for real, for real, commit to the goal or the plan. Um, so for instance, I decided that I was going to really work on, um, I had two goals at the beginning of the year, if you guys remember from season one. One of them was getting closer to the Lord, just aligning my life with his goals, his priorities, and the way that he sees things. The other was exercise. I did real good. I did sort of good, you know, month one through three. Uh, month three through six, it's been, it's been real loosey-goosey. And by loosey-goosey, I mean, I've maybe worked out three times. It was once per month, okay? Once per month. Um, and, and that just comes from a lack of commitment because I know in a real workout, that first week, feels like you want to die and quit. And I just hate that first week. I hate it so much that every time I'm in week one of exercising, I tell myself I will never get out of shape again because I don't want to go through this. And, you know, hmm, here we are again, Jalon, making promises we can't keep. So, um, you know, that's how it's shown up in my life. I'm scared of that first exercise and the burning in my chest. So I've just been putting it off. But it's, it's essentially a lack of commitment. Sometimes it's a lack of focus. Um, but for me, it's been a uh, a lack of a lack of commitment, um, and you know sometimes some other times uh, it's the result of procrastination avoidance in my life. Like I just explained, sometimes it's comfort. We're really comfortable. We don't want to rock the boat. We're not trying to stretch and you know find ourselves in this expanse of who we are and where we want to be, um, who we want to be. Sometimes it's fear. We're afraid of. Um, you know, uh, what it's going to look like to have to grow from who we are to whoever we're being, whoever we're called to become. Um, sometimes it's just scary. The unknown can be really scary. And so it's easier to just kind of do what we do, but not really accomplish anything, um, or go for that thing. That's a little bit scary. So we'll, we'll do that. Sometimes it's just settling and choosing the lesser life, lesser call, the lesser relationship. Um, and we, we really have to check ourselves and evaluate like, all right, are we really doing the thing that we said we were going to do that we feel God is calling us to do? Or are we piddle farting around? That's a thing, piddle farting. Um, the other distraction is the carrot. And the carrot is a diabolical little trick of the enemy. Um, and it's basically when he dangles something in front of us that looks sort of kind of like what we want, you know, but it's really not, it's sort of kind of right, but mostly wrong, but sort of kind of right enough. And we want the right thing bad enough that we're willing to settle for the wrong thing. Case in point, um, <laughs> it could be a, a job like you really wanted to, um, work in a particular industry. Maybe you've been a stay at home mom, um, but the season just ain't right. You know, the money might be good. The seasoning, right? The Lord hasn't opened that door. You're trying to wiggle your way in. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, in my life, I can, let's see, it's getting personal because we haven't done that before, right? Um, I've noticed in my life that if there is, um, there could be a guy that I'm interested in or was interested in. And I would abandon kind of all of my, all of my stuff, right? Like all the things, all the, all the good things that God called me to. If I was in school, it was like schoolwork is not a priority anymore. You know, um, 
I would just not be my best self. I would do things that were uncharacteristic of me. They're like, Jalon, you always do your homework. Why are you not on this? Or, hey, you usually get things graded by this, but what are you doing? What are you, like, what is going on? You know, and, um, and those, it was just like this, ah, but I want that relationship. Oh, but I want that job. That's really good money. Oh, I really, I really feel like I want to be friends with that person. And, you know, um, one of the really good chin checks that the Lord gave me for that one, that type of distraction is that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow therewith, you know? So if you find yourself in sorrow, giving up peace, giving up progress, giving up functionality, giving up good boundaries, giving up right priorities, (laughs) that's not the blessing of the Lord. That's one of the devils. That's a, it's a diabolical carrot. Um, that's one of the enemy's traps to get you caught up and to get you to waste time, to get you to fall sleep at the wheel to crash your life and to abort purpose in your life and in your generations. Because I don't know if you know this, but distractions, any plot or plan or attack of the enemy is always about killing, destroying destruction. And he's not only after you, he's after your generations. And so the impetus, the impetus, the urgency (laughs) from the English teacher, it's summer, don't judge me. Um, The urgency for us to be on this is that it's not just us that's at stake. It's not just our individual purpose that's in a vacuum apart from the lives that will pass through us, the lives that are connected to us. Um, It's also the lives of those around us because when we're off, our factory, our distribution center of good, whether that's material good, whether that's wisdom, whether that's understanding, whether that's support and comfort that the Lord um, uses uses us to get to others, that's shut down. The factory is shut down (laughs) when we're in distraction, we're caught up when we're off of purpose. And so you've got to know that the enemy is not just about cutting off destiny in your life. He's about blocking up destiny, blocking up eternity in the lives of others as well through you and by being connected to you. They don't get what they need because we're off. So we've got to really take time and pause and really think about that. Like, all right, Am I in, am I being distracted? Am I being caught up? Am I am I chasing this carrot, this illusion of of the blessing of the Lord when it's costing me? And I'm not talking about inconvenience and just being in relationship with people and the work it takes to transition to a new job or anything like that. It's this this um yeah, there's just there's something about being in the center of the will of God where the door is wide open and you know it's God versus like all right I'm, I'm, I'm all out of the grace. This is not Jesus at all. This is breeding and bringing chaos. So watch out for the carrot. And the last one is these little fires. Um, and I think of little fires as like the stones that Satan will throw at you, like this one thing after the other kind of situation. Um, and it's really, it's really in our lives. He's like, he starts these little fires. He throws these little rocks um, and he's throwing it as an irritation. Right. So it may not be like this cataclysmic, oh, my gosh, life is over um, sort of thing. It's just like this, this little like this little nagger, like my pastor says, this little this little thing. Um, And it's meant to create negative noise and negative energy and to take energy and focus that you would otherwise be using on kingdom building, on bringing the kingdom down to earth and you know, taking that energy and putting it into the space of having to deal with all this negativity. Um, So like, for instance, um, I went to go see a friend in Gainesville a couple weeks ago and, um, you know, there, there were a couple things on my mind. She's definitely a covenant friend. Um, and so I knew that our visit was going to be refreshing to me. Um, but we were also planning on recording a podcast that is bomb.com. Can't wait for you guys to hear that. 
Um, and so I knew that there was, there is kingdom agenda on the table. And so like, it was just one thing after another that day, my car had issues. Then I had to rent a car and then the cost of renting the car was more expensive than it should have been. And then the payment for it was like something I hadn't planned for. And then, you know, moving my stuff from one car to the next, I dropped my favorite water bottle and the bottom of it got all crunched up and crushed. And it was just like, Oh, and then I started, I was like leaving later than expected because everything just got, kept getting pushed back. And it was just like, oh my goodness. And if you guys know me, I don't believe in bad days. I don't have bad days. That, however, was like the closest I've ever come to being like, what the heck is happening? What is going on? But I knew that they were little, this, this rocks from the enemy. And I knew that there was, you know, kingdom stuff on the agenda for that day. And so I, I have enough spiritual maturity to know that you don't give him a physical response. You let it just slide off your back, like water off a duck. Just let it roll off your shoulders. You don't, you know, you don't get caught up in that. But I knew that those were supposed to be distractions. And they're supposed to be distractions to sap my energy, to give me this sour feel, to bring all this tension. And I just refused to let him have that. Like he was not going to have that for me. But a lot of times the enemy's doing that. He's going around in our lives trying to set these little fires to like get us all wigged out. And you've got to pass that test. Like you've got to know. Like, that's what he's doing, and I will not cave into that. I have the joy of the Lord in my heart. He didn't give it. He can't take it away. God is bigger. <laughs> God is, you know, I'm not I'm not going to let that sway me um, or take me off of the fruit of the Spirit. And so I chose to kick his butt by worshiping hardcore on my ride down. I just had the most beautiful, KJ Scriven, I think is a guy's name. He's just playing. I'm like, I'm a worship because you're trying to get on my nerves. I'm gonna get on your nerves. That's what we're gonna do. That's how we're gonna play this game. That's how petty I am, Satan. <laughs> um, and that's just what I did. And like, it just, all the tension broke because that's not, he, he don't, that's not what he wants. <laughs> he, he doesn't want any of that, you know? So if you learn, you, got, you just gotta be skillful. You've gotta be skillful in diffusing distraction um, and breaking up from, un- and breaking that kind of stuff off of you but those are the three big ones right um and with the little fires particularly you know i think about um like peter when jesus called him to get out of the boat and walk on the water and it was it was interesting to me is that it wasn't until he was distracted that he started sinking it wasn't until he looked away from the lord that he you know started falling into the water and so, you know, distraction does, it has that, that potency. It does have that, um, that goal in mind to take us off of the, the very thing that God has called us to do. And so what's the antidote? How do we fix that? How do we, you know, correct this problem of distractedness? How do we get undistracted? Um, let's look at Hebrews 12, one through two. So Hebrews 12, one of my favorites, um, and it's like ending off. Sorry, you're going to hear pages turning because I have my real deal Bible. It's one of my favorites because we finish off at the Hall of Faith, Hebrews 11, talking about like all of these great men and women that went ahead of us um, and that they really just paved the way and they showed us how to do this whole faith thing, how to live a life worthy of, of the call of Christ on it. Um, and so let's pick up at verse one of Hebrews 12. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version because y'all know that's my jam. And so it starts off, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every... Let us strip aside, strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, which is an unnecessary weight, and that sin which so deftly and readily and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. So that's really full of a lot, right? 
Um, the first thing that I see in that is that we've got to take off encumbrances, all those things that weigh us down, those heavy weights. Um, we got to get rid of those, you know? And so like, this is a, this is a check-in, right? So we got to do this self-evaluation. What is slowing me down? What is taking me off course? How am I spending my time? Why am I not exercising? Why am I sleeping pat? You know, how do I, how am I spending my time? Am I, am I doing things that are getting me closer to or taking me farther away from um, the things that God is calling me to do? We've got to be very honest with ourselves. We have to be gut level honest. And remember, you know, comfort and avoidance are, are things that keep us, they are distractions in and of themselves. Um, and so you've got to think, okay, am I doing something because it's uncomfortable? Am I, am I choosing to do something or not to do something because of comfort? Uh, because I don't want to be uncomfortable because I don't want to be stretched because I don't want to be inconvenienced. Um, because as we all know, because I'm sure we've seen some variation of this saying, nothing great comes out of our comfort zone. Um, it's not a thing. And so we've got to really be honest with ourselves about how we spend our time, how we're using our energy. Are we being focused? Are we not invested and committed? Do we just really not want to? Um, because there's an antidote for that as well. Um, but we've got to really deal with the things that are slowing us down. And the second thing that's mentioned is sin, the sin that um, cleverly entangles us. We've got to deal with that kind of stuff. And we have to be honest. Um, you know, I found that counsel is a really good way to stay out of darkness, to keep your hand open wide to those people that are your covenant safety net, those people that are the designated drivers in your life, so to speak. Um, a lot of times when we're dealing in darkness and in distraction, we start to hide from those people. We start to, um, you know, do things without their knowing, against their counsel, against their wisdom. Um, and the best way to just ex extinguish that, to throw some light up in that darkness is to throw your hand wide open and say, all right, this is what I'm in. This is what I'm doing. I don't actually for real, for real want to change, but I, I know enough to know that I, I need y'all to hold me accountable, to check me, to ask me hard questions, um, to challenge me. And the other thing that we've got to do is we've got to trust the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Um, well, even before that, I'd say we've got to make a decisive dedication. We've got to be, you know, if if you are in distraction and you have no intention of getting out of it, meh, you know, it's noise. But if you're in a place where you're like, yo, I do not want to waste another year, we've got to start with repenting, rededicating, and recommitting. We honestly have to recommit to the plan. You know, we've got to repent <laughs> and we've got to say, Lord, you know, I got to think differently about this. My my mind on the matter is not your mind on the matter. And I, I really need you to help bring me around to your side. We've got to rededicate. Lord, my focus, my energy is my time. My life is yours. Like I owe my life to you. And so, God, I want to give that back to you because I've taken it into my hands. I've got distracted. I've done what I've wanted to do. I've been led astray. However, you've arrived at the point of, of being off course. Um, but I want to give myself back to you. And I love to take communion at these, at these sort of junctures in my life where I'm like, all right, we got to turn around. We got to do 180. We got to get back. Um, I love to take communion to just affirm, to reaffirm, like me and you, Lord, we're in this. And to remind myself that God is in this with me because it's easy to get caught up in condemnation and shame um, when you find yourself off course. And that is never the work of the Lord or the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts. He prods us to come back um, to him. The, the enemy condemns. He tells us we are no good and God doesn't want us. Um, and so if that's the voice that you're hearing, shut that up and tell it to shut up. Um, but listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit that's always driving you back into the arms of God. 
Um, and then we just recommit. We get back on our, we fell off. My mom has a saying, you know, when you sin or whatever and you repent, just get back on your horse. You fell off your horse, get back on your horse. And that's, it's really just a decision. Like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to be the woman that God has called me to be. I'm going to be the person, the man, whatever that God has called me to be. And you know, it's, it's not about trying harder. It's not about doing more to earn your way back. It's about responding to the Holy Spirit. You know, the Spirit was given to us to lead us into all truth, to guide us, to convict us. Um, that's that's the job of the Holy Spirit. Our job is to stay responsive to the Lord. A lot of times the distance that we feel, um, the hardness of heart that we experience in a relationship with the Lord comes from not being responsive, comes from giving him the cold shoulder and refusing his influence. Um, so it, it takes being responsive when he taps us on the shoulder, when he calls us into something, when he's trying to bring a different perspective or, you know, teaching us because Holy Spirit, is, he's always trying to teach us how to do things better, how to see things clear, how to move like he would move in the earth. Um, and so, you know, looking like Jesus looks like looking at Jesus and being responsive to him and to his way of doing things and his way of being right. Um, and to trust also that, um, like Philippians 2 says, it's his spirit on the inside of us, giving us the desire and the ability to do and to be what's pleasing to him. And so, you know, we are saints. That is our identity um, in in being saved and accepting Jesus. And so um, living out of that identity um, and believing God that, hey, Lord, I need you to change the way that I think about this. God, I need you to give me a desire to desire you, to read your word, to stay in your face, to seek your face, like birth that desire in me, Lord. And let that be your prayer um, because ultimately it's the spirit praying to God <laughs> and God answers prayers. When you ask of him, he says, ask of me and you'll receive. And so just pray and, and believe the Lord to change your desires, to change your want tos, because that's what his spirit is on the inside of us to do. Um. And then lastly, you know, just stay in the Lord's face, commit to, um, to seeking him, you know, stretch in that area. When's the last time you did something that was inconvenient in your relationship with the Lord, <laughs> you know? Um, and that, you know, can be convicting to me because so, it's so easy to coast and feel like, all right, I know good Christian behavior, but like, when was the last time I stretched, I, I was stretched in how I loved God and how I showed my love for God. Um, I stretched my inner man. When was the last time I worked out my inner, my inner woman, you know? Um, so that's a really good way to, to, to like, sort of kickstart this, I'm, a, I'm going to live a focused life in pursuit of purpose. Um, and so, you know, I just want to encourage you to stay wide open, to stay seeking the Lord, to refute the carrots, to choose that you are not going to waste time. Um, and that you're not gonna, you're not gonna respond in the flesh to the little fires that the enemy tries to start in your life. Rather, um, you're gonna respond in the spirit and the, and the boldness and the strength of the spirit of God on the inside of you. So I want to end with Proverbs 4 verses 25 through 27. Some of my favorites, um, on, on purpose. Oh my goodness. Hold on. Let me read you the best part of Hebrews 12. It's verse two. I don't know if we read all of verse two, but I want to um, highlight this one phrase in verse two. That's super, super powerful to me. Um, so we'll finish on Hebrews 12, two, and then we'll swing over to Proverbs four. So 12, two says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. 
He gave the first incentive for our belief and is also the finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. Um, and that's two A. Um, but yeah, that's our model. Our model is to look away from distracting things. So um, I'm reminded of uh, the gospels where Jesus is saying, hey, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Um, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to end up in hell with all your members when you can make it to heaven with an eye missing and a hand missing. You'd rather make it than not. And I think that was just a really good indicator of, hey, if it's costing you, chuck it. You don't need it. You really don't need it and you don't want it because it's it's going to cost you everything in the end. All right. So Proverbs 4, our final admonition. It's Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. So it says, let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet and all your ways Oh, consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established and ordered aright. Turn not to the right hand or to the left. Remove your feet from evil. And so I just want to encourage you guys, look on forward with purpose. Re, um, revisit your vision boards if you made them or your, your goals if you wrote them down. Um, and really just evaluate where you are on those things. Um, at my church, we're doing a 90-day blitz. Mine started in June um, just because I wanted to get some things set in stone first and then, you know, to get started on things. But uh, we're doing a 90-day blitz and it's 90 days to um, just really go hard after those things that you want to see some change in, whether that's a financial area, whether that's relationships, whether that's personal um, development, career, whatever it is, um, your girl is tackling exercise and health because that's that's uh, an area that needs some severe tightening up but um yeah i encourage you to pick that up you know i encourage you if you're like i just want to go hard because i got some ground to cover um we're taking 90 days writing down our goals writing down what needs to happen in the next 30 days and then you know what we got to do daily to get there um and so i just encourage you to pick that up if that's something that you feel like is going to is going to be helpful in your walk in your pursuit of purpose um so Look right on, look forward, let your gaze be straight before you consider your ways um, and and just purpose to honor the Lord. I love you guys. Make it an amazing week. If you haven't, go follow us on Instagram. We are Walking Well Podcast. Um, if you have any questions, any comments, any concerns, any discussion or dialogue, you can email the Well Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, make it a great week. You're amazing people. You've got amazing things on the inside of you. Go bring them to the world. Love you guys. Bye.